the um, that comment on on the on our origin story video where they're like, "Hey, this would have been a better this would be better if it weren't Dungeons and Dragons and were some other role playing game." It's like, um, okay. no. <laughs> Like, it's fine. It's fine. Also, like, we can't go back and change the fact that we met over Dungeons and... Like, or, like, we, we became friends over Dungeons and Dragons. I know. People are, um... As they say online. Fucking stupid. Big dummy dum dum. Big ol' stupid dumb... Dummy dumb buttholes. Indeed. 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 Well, you know what I have realized since we have sat down? I need to get us some dice. You do. Yep. You have failed. Well, technically, it's on YouTube. So. We got it. Well, good. Everyone likes little dice ASMR. Little, little dice action. This is not an ASMR podcast, though. This no. is the Dungeon Bros podcast. I am Connor. And I am Sam. And we are not brothers. Nor are we in a dungeon. And sometimes I feel like we don't even have a podcast. We just we just talk. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, that was that was the original excuse to do the podcast was just to sit down and hang out for an hour and talk about D and D, and then an hour and a half, and then two hours, and then sometimes forty five minutes. Yeah, and then, and then it expanded from D and D to magic and other stuff. At one point, it was candy. Oh, at yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Magic: The Gathering, though, the Brothers War pre-release is yes. happening, and as you are watching this podcast, if it is posted on the podcast service of your choice, be that YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple. All of the rest. Uh, the Brothers War is out. Mm-hmm. The new Magic the Gathering set. A lot of artifacts. A lot of artificers of, and, and such. Lovely time. I opened one of my pre-release kits because I'm impatient and wanted to make content. Yes, which you did. And I did. And you could have picked up more. And I could have opened one early. I could have. But I didn't. You didn't. Because you are a sinner. I just didn't want to spend 30 more dollars. Anyway, to be fair, it was on a gift card. So like <laughs> and we're going to make that those monies back thanks to the reward rewards. I put that in sure. quotes program from our sure. local game store. Why not? Why not? Always shop at your local game store. Yes. A lot of them have cool shit. Um, so we're going to actually be cracking these pre-release packs, even though it is after the pre-release window. And I think the regular release is happening right now. But we're going to crack these pre-release packs with a friend uh, this afternoon as of the recording of this, as well as a uh, set booster that's been just sitting on our shelves for a while because it's not ours and it was left here until such person were to come back and open them, which he will be today. Today. Which is wonderful. We have... We have finally twisted his arm enough. Yes, yes. Uh, in the works at Dungeon Bros HQ at the moment. We've been working on a lot of shorts. Some mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering content. Not our normal fare. No, but, but we're we, passionate. We've been diving in recently, getting getting real about it. Yeah. I did some pack openings of the pre-release kit. You can find those shorts on our YouTube page or maybe in your shorts shelf on mm-hmm. YouTube. And Sam has made some shorts as well of mm-hmm. learning to play D&D. Much Magic more involved than mine. Yeah. Match together. We I do. We have, are a D and D podcast. I do have some plans to do some D and D ones, but uh, yeah, right now we've got one out, and more will be posted every week. And there is an entire unboxing video of the pre-release kit, if that is your jam as well. Uh, we have learned in the content realm, content creation world, be willing to branch out, mm-hmm. do some different things. Expect it not to do well. Yeah. And so far, proven true. <laughs> we're <laughs> proven pretty true. Yeah. We're uh, gonna keep. We're gonna ch- charge forward though. 
Of course. Of course. We are also working towards some affiliate links that may appear in the link tree in the bio at the t- by the time of this podcast poke- posts. Uh, they may not be there, but we're, we're trying to... We're doing our best, guys. We're doing our best. We Don't want, add us. We want to do this more, and the way to do this more is to fund it. Yes. So, but yeah, if we affiliate anything, it would definitely be something that we use and enjoy and would endorse on our own. Mm-hmm. But one of our newer bits that we've been doing for the last couple episodes of the podcast, we are dr- doing the DN Draft as we have dubbed it, the D and Draft, Dungeons and Draftions, du- Dungeons and Draftions, sure. <laughs> but last week we were drafting fruits. Mm-hmm. We were drafting fruits. As a reminder, Sam's team was the banana, the watermelon, the lime, the grape, and the raspberry. My team was the strawberry, the apple, the lemon, the orange, and the cherry. Unprecedented result here. Uh, according to our last check of the poll, which we do on Instagram, you can follow us on Instagram, link in the link tree in the bio. When the podcast posts, we will post a story on our Instagram that people can vote upon, which draft should win. Unprecedented, league first, tie. Mm-hmm. 50-50, split down the middle. After not a ton of votes. After four weeks. After four weeks. Not a, not a bunch of votes. Well, no. But a good, not. I mean, Some. not an insignificant amount. Enough that, a, enough that an even split is like, huh. Neat. Yeah. So overall, Sam is leading right now with uh, two wins, one loss, and a tie. Which I think is a crock of shit. I should have won the board game one week one. Let's go team. One week one. I should have also won the fruit one. The fruit one, we've we've veritably made just two different. It could have gone gone either way. Yes. We've made two different (laughs) versions of of a Skittles pouch, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. But as such, we have a D20 table here of topics that we can discuss. I'm going to, would you, I, do, I always do the topic roll. You do sure. the roll this time. We're oh. going to pull our, our the pre-release dice that we got from one of our D&D kits. Or no, 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 that came from a set booster or something. Uh, the Yes, the Forgotten Realms set yes. booster that we got at yes. Gen Con. And here we go. It, that's a 15. 15 is video games. Ooh, okay. Video games. Oh, boy. So we have very different takes on video games. I can I can say that up front. Oh yeah. Um, I already know. I think what your top three are going to be. Well, here's the thing. We're drafting teams. True. We're drafting True. teams. So are we drafting our own favorite video games, or are we going to need to go for value here in broad appeal? Well, I think that. I mean, we could go either way, and and they'd be very different. I don't know. Yes. Obviously, there are two. Take your own strategy. Of there course. are two. There are two games that I will be saving for my fourth and fifth pick that I'm sure you are aware of. Mm-hmm. And if you want to snipe one of them, feel free. Mm-hmm. But now we must roll initiative to see who has the first pick. Ooh, seven. Nineteen. Ah. <clears throat> Sam, first overall pick. First overall pick. Um, and as a side note, are we going series? Like, would would a would, mm. would Final Fantasy be a, mm. would we take that, or are we saying specifically Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core remake? Oh wow, I think we have to go specific. Specific? Mm, okay, we have to, because fa- like for example, Fallout. There's some great Fallout games, and then there's some really bad Fallout games. Same with Mass Effect. Same with like every game series. That's true. That's so true. you gotta you gotta drill in. Yes. Um, I am going to go with uh uh. Let's. I have so many ideas right now. I'm just going to go with uh, Minecraft. 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 That is a good. 
That is a good pick. That is a good pick. We have we've dabbled in the Minecraft. We have. There's so much you can do. There's so many different mods. There's so many different even uh, uh, native game modes now. And all I end up doing is uh, chopping trees and mining and cooking a pork. There you go. From time to time. Nothing, so, nothing like, wrong with like that. Like real life. Nothing wrong with that. This is a good pick. That's a very solid pick. One of the best. Uh, I think it is the best selling game of all time. Except by maybe Tetris. Maybe. But I'm not sure. Who buys Tetris? But speaking of. I didn't think of this until I just said it out loud. Number one overall pick is Tetris. Tetris, that's fair. It's a classic. It's one of the OGs. It's been around forever. Every iteration of Tetris that comes out is popular, is mm-hmm. good at the very least. It's hard to fuck up Tetris. It is hard to fuck and, up. And uh, the more modern Tetris, uh, it's the one, that, it's, the, it's the vibe, oh, the vibey one. The one that's got like the music and stuff going on. Yes. With it. You know what I'm talking about. Tetris Effect. There yes, we go. Tetris effect. Tetris effect. You can do, and they've got like crazy multiplayer, like battle Tetris and shit. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Tetris. Tetris. All right. Uh, for my number two, oof. I'm going uh, one of the classic games, one of the most memed games, but still one of the most played games. Skyrim. Mm, Skyrim. So it's been released on everything. Of course. Of course. Siri. Of course. Eat all the cheese. Yes. Uh, Skyrim, a classic. A game I have not played. I wasn't an Xbox guy and didn't run very well on the PlayStation 3 when I had a PlayStation 3 in my youth. That's fair. I have bought, I think I have bought Skyrim about seven times in my life. Not always for me. Yeah. But I think I have a free copy of Skyrim in like my PlayStation Plus. Very At some point. (laughs) At some point. I feel like that is absolutely the case. Now, for my second overall pick, we need broad appeal. Broad appeal. Broad appeal. And there's a couple of games in this series that I could go with. But I think the one that we all kind of generally agree is one of, if not the best in the series. And it's not the newer remade version, but the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Mm, Yes. I was thinking about going with the Call of Duty as well. Yes. I mean, it's a classic from... Anyone our age, our youth, yes. middle school to high school age, the amount of game chat audio logs that could end people's existence yes. online these days is, in my mind, utterly hilarious. The, and thinking back on it now as an adult who plays a multiplayer shooter such as Apex Legends, mm-hmm. Thinking back to my child self just spewing out the most heinous things imaginable to just, like, a guy in his 20s, (laughs) I find even more hilarious, if I'm being completely honest with you. It's fair. Anyway. The Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2. The original, not the remake. The remake's kind of... From what I've been hearing. I have not played it and probably won't. Me either. Um, All right. My number three overall pick, and you just mentioned it, I'm going to hit up Apex Legends. Mm. It is currently one of the most popular games it is definitely one of the, the best battle royales out there right Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. Um, uphill battle against the Fortnite, which yeah. I think we've both quietly, I don't know about you, I personally quietly in this back and forth, I'm like, I'm not giving, I'm not giving Fortnite this platform. Yeah, same. I'm not either. Fortnite, Fortnite doesn't, need, doesn't need our platform, <laughs> but we're not going to give it to them. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Fortnite doesn't know they exist, and they don't care. Of course. Of course. Apex Legends is a great game. I love Apex Legends. We played a lot. I don't know if I would make it in my top five draft pick list. One of the most popular right now. It's very popular. It's very popular. It's very popular. Now, 
another one that's very popular right now, a new game in the series just came out. Tons of bugs, a lot of problems. People aren't big fans. But, while I'm not going to go all the way back to the original, I'm going to go with the pair, the pair, the pair that are in my heart. And, actually, technically, I think I'm going to go with the, the third iteration of the Pokemon Emerald. Mm. The Pokemon Emerald. The Generation 3 is the generation that I dearly adore myself. Obviously, I was like the fire red of the leaf green, the red, the blue, the gold, the silver, all wonderful. Crystal, wonderful. But Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald specifically for me. This one's for me. That's for you? Pokemon the series I knew was going to end up on the list. Yeah. Someone's list. It had to. It had to. And clearly anything past Gen like 6 is not going to make this list. But Gen 3... I feel like it's that sweet spot. It was very controversial at the time. People were not fond of not being able to bring their Pokemon up from the old game carts to the Game Boy Advance at Mm. the time. But Emerald buttoned up a lot of the issues that people had with the story surrounding Team Aqua and Team Magma. Uh, It's the, the first major color iteration. They made it a lot prettier than the older generation Pokemon games. They moved up uh, blue, oh gosh, red and blue in (laughs) fire red and leaf green and moved them up to the platform. And uh, the whole emerald is my Pokemon game to pick. There you go. Sam. Um, number four pick. Um, geez. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna start moving away from maybe the popular ones and 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 probably choose the last two for just myself. Of course. Um, partially because all the game series I'm thinking of that are very popular, I don't know which specific ones I should choose or would choose. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to go with my number four pick as uh, we'll go with Assassin's Creed Two. Assassin's Creed Two. Yes, arguably. One of the most concise and poignant and best games of the Assassin's Creed series. It fixed a lot of problems from one, and it was before the era that Assassin's Creed's like, let's just make the entire fucking world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just became too much. Mm-hmm. So Assassin's Creed 2, I think, is is the peak. One of the, is in the highest point of Assassin's Creed as a series. I'll, I'll have to uh, take your opinion as fact here, seeing as I've only played and completed... Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Also a good game. A great game. Love it. More of a pirate game. Great. More of a pirate game than actual Assassin's Creed game. That's why I liked it. That's (laughs) why I liked it. (laughs) That's a a fine pick. That's a perfectly fine pick. Now, you could argue that Pokemon falls into this category, but I feel like the classic JRPG Mm. is being left out of this list. And at the outset, I said there's two game series that are going to make it on. But that was my heart sense. Your heart sense. My heart sense. Your heart sense. And I don't I don't know if I can give two spots on my list to my heart sense. Cause originally this spot, the number four spot, it is this is not my pick. This is not my pick. My number four spot would have gone to Persona 5 the Royal. Mm-hmm. Persona 5 the Royal. A wonderful JRPG of the PlayStation 4. Fantastic. Best in the series, IMO. And that will rustle many Jimmies, and I'm okay with that. But I want the JRPG representation and what more quintessential JRPG, particularly of the PlayStation 1 era, than the Final Fantasy VII. Mm, Final Fantasy VII? Recently remade in Final Fantasy VII Remake with various sequels, prequels, spinoffs, 
the original Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 1, Polygonal Mess and All. Classic. A classic that influ- that was influenced by the greats that came before and then became the point of influence for many of the greats that came after, including that of the Persona series. There you go. Even though I believe the first per- Shin Megami Tensei came out before per- Final Fantasy VII, but Persona... It- yeah. Don't worry about it. Branching, branching branches. Yes. And... Your fifth and final overall pick, Sam. My fifth and final overall pick. Um, that's the... Wow. I have to think about all the things that I have tattooed on my body. Yes, that's true. They are all video game related. Yes. But um, I think I am going to go with the one that is nearest to my heart. Literally? Physically, yes. Uh, that's going to be Bloodborne. Mm, Bloodborne. A cult classic of... The Soulsborne, mm-hmm. one half of the Soulsborne genre name in and of itself. Um, why haven't they made a Bloodborne remake port for PS5 or a sequel? What's uh, up with that? Basically, I, I don't... The Because uh, uh, they hate you specifically. They hate me specifically. No, they hate us all. Uh, they just basically are like, yeah, we don't want to. <sighs> Very good. I mean, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Exceptionally popular. Very much. Exceptionally popular. And shockingly high percentage, if you look on uh, PSM Profiles, wonderful website, where you can input your PlayStation Network ID and stuff, and you can have your trophies and your game activity logged for the community to view as a collective. Mm -hmm. And the percentage of people getting the Platinum Trophy on Elden Ring, compared to the number of copies that it has sold, and compared to how fucking hard the game is, is surprisingly high. Like, the percentage of people getting the Platinum Trophy in Elden Ring is notably higher than the average for any other game well for the average of games all the all the trophies are either story-based boss battles or collections Mm -hmm. and they're not even full it's not like you have to collect every spell you just have to collect i think seven seven of the very like powerful ones they're honestly as trophies they're not that hard to get Mm -hmm. even if the game itself Mm -hmm. is is a has a very high learning curve but again his pick is not elden ring it is no it is bloodborne specifically a much more difficult platinum to achieve (laughs) notably more difficult stops people in in their tracks what's your final pick we've been going with the head sense and i think at long last it's time that we go with the heart sense the shall i say kingdom heart sense that is Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Now, there are few games in this world, in this wide world, that I am confident that I will be better than you in. And when it comes to any of you watching, listening, I'm better at Kingdom Hearts 2 than you are. I just am. Kingdom Hearts 2, the second numbered title, technically the third title in the series. Final Mix, the upgraded, expanded version of it with new abilities, boss battles, extra stuff to do. Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix originally released in Japan, took forever to come over to America with a collection on the PlayStation 3 and then later a collection on the PlayStation 4. Took way too long to come. I ended up importing a Japanese copy using a, like, ripping it from the disc, burning it to a DVD drive, or DVD disc, a blank disc, with a English mod from the internet onto it. This game is so fucking good. The combat is tight. The story is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> the, the combat is tight. The difficulty progression is wonderful. The bosses are amazing. The story is phenomenal. The music is god tier. 
and it is the game that I will kick your ass in. Yes, I've beaten it on critical. I platinumed it on critical. I've almost platinumed it on critical twice. Twice. I stopped playing on PlayStation 3 because the PlayStation 4 version came out. And then I platinumed it on that on critical. Critical mode being unreasonable. Just why did you make it? <laughs> it's not fair. Critical mode Kingdom Hearts is the bloodborne of regular video games. <laughs> you know? In, in the difficulty scale. <laughs> so if you'd like to hear Connor's full breakdown of the Kingdom Hearts series and his opinions on it, That's please a- let us know and he will make that video. That will be a five-hour video, and I'm not even sorry about He's it. He's going to make it five one-hour videos, too. So it's easily digestible. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I, might, I might make, like, 700 shorts. It <laughs> <laughs> would be horrible. Part 632 of 753. Now we're going to talk about Recoded. Recoded. (laughs) All right. So for the video game draft, Sam's team, Minecraft, Skyrim, Apex Legends, Assassin's Creed 2, and Bloodborne, my team, Tetris, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Pokemon Emerald, Final Fantasy 7, and Kingdom Hearts 2, Final Mix. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now... You'll be able to vote on this. If you're in the chat right now in TikTok, I don't know if anybody is watching live right now, but if you're in the chat at the moment, you can weigh in on any of this. But the official vote will be done over on our Instagram. You can click the link tree in the bio to follow us on the Instagram. It'll post to the date of this podcast going live, and it stays live for I don't know how long. Sam runs the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now, we need to fill the void left behind by the video games in the D20 table of topics to discuss. And... Given our new love of the Magic the Gathering, I vote we put in the MTG keywords. Ooh, all right, let's do it. MTG keywords. That'll pop up next week because that's how it would work for us. Oh, you beat me to it. (laughs) Both editing the document at the same time. Yes. As is the case. Now, this is not a drafting podcast. No. This is... 22 and a half minutes in, ostensibly, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. podcast. A Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So it's time we hop into some Dungeons and Dragons. Of course. Of course. We've got the news. We've got the news. Um, Hasbro's fucked right yeah. now. Yeah. We've... They're, what are they doing? There's, ba- there's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. All right. But... Tell us about it. The first thing we wa- actually want to talk about, though, is a rumor that is milling about in circulating as some might say in the D&D universe right now is an unconfirmed rumor that suggests Wizards of the Coast may be planning to ban the publication of third-party homebrew content with the release of one D&D specifically a leak from a uh, YouTube user whose username I cannot destruct boy indestruct boy he is, he's, he's got about 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. He makes D&D content. He supposedly has connections at Wizards of the Coast, which is not unreasonable. But a leak seems to indicate that the, is Wizards of the Coast would be outlawing third-party content in the upcoming 1D&D by removing the existence of an open gaming license. For those of you that do not know what the OGL is, it is a license that Wizards of the Coast provides and a system reference document that is free and available to anyone online that breaks down the core rules, mechanics, 
and many stat blocks, some of the subclasses in the PHP, the classes in the PHP, a bunch of things broken down in like a 350-page PDF that is free and open to use by anybody and can be reprinted and published in third-party D&D content. Now, third-party content cannot use the term D&D or Dungeons & Dragons, but it can use the moniker of 5e or 5e compatible, and that is how people have been denoting their homebrew as for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Mm -hmm. The OGL has been around since forever. There was a a very notable 3rd edition. There was not one for 4th, but there was one for 5th. Yes. Third edition caused a lot of problems. It what is what gave rise to Paizo and Pathfinder system as a divergent of the D&D system in third edition. And then in fourth edition, they got rid of the OGL, and that, coupled with fourth edition being fourth edition, <laughs> is one of the many reasons that fourth edition just died on the vine. Fifth edition came out with an OGL immediately because they understood the importance of third-party content. And companies such as Critical Role, MCDM being a very big one, and many, many, many others, including like Patreon Mm -hmm. rewards for people like XP to Level 3 and RuneSmith and all of our own own third-party content that we release on the DriveThru RPG, which you can find a link link in the link tree in the bio. For $4.99, we have a wonderful Blood Magic and Humancraft supplement you can find there. Those types of content could not, assuming this rumor is true, those types of content would not be able to be published on DriveThruRPG, maybe the DMs Guild, we're not entirely sure, or published third-party and printed books such as Kingdoms and Warfare from MCDM as we have in front of us. Meaning... They would only want you to use their own official published content. Mm -hmm. As players of Dungeons & Dragons and DMs ourselves, I don't think I have ever exclusively used pre-written stuff. Even when I've been running pre-written adventures and pre-written segments of books, I'm adding my own stuff to it. All the time. All the time. That is part of the game. Them not providing an OGL seems very short-sighted of them right it's a little counterintuitive especially since obviously every like you said we're always making new stuff and and they can't stop you from homebrewing that's not what this is they can't stop you from doing that they just are stopping the publishing of your homebrewing outside of your own google doc um but that being said in their current OGL, they, they express that, like, oh, this is something we, we love to see in the community, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we're happy to provide this so that, we can't, so that other people can do this. Um, so it's very, it's very counterintuitive to, the fa- to what Dungeons & Dragons is. There are a myriad reasons for why 5th edition D&D has been so successful as an addition of D&D. The OGL is a major compart- is a the OGL the OGL is a major component of that. Mm-hmm. The ability and the encouragement for people in the community to create their own content and then share it amongst the community to help spread the good word of D&D. The DM's guild is 
a platform that people can create, post, share, and monetize homebrew content that even goes beyond the scope of the open gaming license because the DMs Guild is run and approved by Wizards of the Coast and they allow you to use things that you would not normally be able to use in the OGL on your homebrew, specifically on the DMs Guild. This also expands beyond the scope of that. Now with their merger with D&D Beyond, are they going to allow you to create your own items and spells and monsters and mm-hmm. things to add into D&D Beyond for their digital tools? What about the VR video game virtual tabletop? Oh yeah, that was that was a big component when they came out with it saying it was very customizable and yeah, you could and you know, they were providing some mm-hmm. uh, 3D models that you could customize, but there's probably plenty of people out there who want to make new 3D models for their game and would love to, oh, I made this really cool dragon that looks nothing like the dragon printed in any official mm-hmm. module, and I'd love to share that. We don't know. Again, as it's an unconfirmed rumor, and we're only speculating what this could yeah, mean. Of course, of course. But the ramifications of this go well beyond just, oh, now Drive Through RPG isn't going to have homebrew on it entire businesses entire creators people that helped grow and build fifth edition and have now grown to make their own business mcdm matt colville freaking critical role and their homebrew stuff with the two taldori releases stibble's codes of companions from runesmith xp to level three all of these massive creators that have helped to grow D&D and make it into what it is today, and people that Wizards of the Coast owes a debt of gratitude to, in many ways, would not be able to do what they do for one D&D. Mm-hmm. Then this... Now, it does get into this interesting cross where it's like, okay, so it, the 5th edition OGL isn't going anywhere. Of course. You'll still be able to make 5th edition content, and as we know before, 5th edition is going to be backwards compatible. But it still adds this weird layer that doesn't compute, mm-hmm. at least right now. Um, it, would, oh. it would force people like us, if we wanted to make a paladin subclass for 1D&D, because they changed where the subclass level ups happen... We would just have to be like, yep, it's compatible with 5th edition, and then just, like, what? Keep the wrong levels in for the subclass, or just lie and say it's not compatible with 5th edition and just make it compatible with 1D&D? Like, what is... The rem- like, the unintended consequences of all of that just... I don't... I don't see the upside. Yeah. I, I'm not sure either. I, I put up a poll today on our YouTube. Uh, You can go to our community tab and vote in it. But one of the options I put is I I don't believe the leak because it doesn't make any sense. Homebrew doesn't cut into the sale of D&D books. No. The SRD and the OGL do not cut into sales of the books. If someone is interested in D&D and utterly refuses to pay... For a player's handbook, then yes, they have the SRD. They're probably going to pirate it. Yeah. Well, it. 
it seems like they just want to shoot as we will go on to talk about the rest of this episode <laughs> it feels like wizards of the coast and hasbro just want to continue to shoot themselves in the foot for no reason yeah Wizards of the Coast has not made any official remarks on the status of the OGL for 1D&D yet. These are unconfirmed rumors, the ramifications of which I find quite disturbing. Anyway, next topic, Sam. Next topic. Speaking of shooting themselves in the foot, uh, as we remember, when Spelljammers came out, uh, they after after the public outcry, uh, they Wizards of the Coast put out an errata. Uh, fixing their the errors that they included in the book and then made a public apology. Well, on November 10th, uh, they posted on D&D Beyond uh, in the posts, leveling up our creative process learning from Spelljammers. This is from Chris Perkins. Uh, and in the post, uh, he goes on to make comment on this harmful content and... Uh, Tell us a little bit about their review process, which previously, yes, the words would be read, but the words and images wouldn't be read until the very final review process after editing. Um, And sometimes things just didn't get edited and read correctly. Well, now uh, they are going to include uh, more review by outside, by multiple outside cultural consultants prior to publication. This is going to happen in multiple phases, at least once for each part of uh, any book developed, which includes the text creation phase, the art creation phase, and the final product review phase. Um, The consultants are then going to give them written reports to the studio's leadership team, and product leads will work with art directors and managing editors to develop uh, plans to to address the consultants' feedback. They're also going to uh, start doing reprints, or reprints have begun of Spelljammer that will exclude the um, the problematic texts and images. Uh, our copy of Spelljammer's Adventures in Space is not no. survived. Is the old version? This is the yes, the first printing. Um, and then moving forward, Chris Perkins made this statement. Just as D&D is a living game that grows and changes as we learn, so too will our inclusion review process evolve and improve. We are expanding our pool of cultural consultants so that we have expertise needed to review the variety of materials we publish. We will also continue to listen to D&D fans who call attention to offensive content. We will do our best to make this process as diligent, methodical, and universally possible, better ensuring that our product brings joy rather than causes pain to our fans. As we discussed when this was originally breaking around the release of Spelljammers, the fact that their editing process, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to comment on inclusivity reviews or cultural consultants or any of that crap. The specific of we're writing a fucking book and we have text and we have images and they went through the process of reading, of writing the text editing the text, which means someone else read it and got sent back to a writer and then someone rewrote it and then someone edited it again and then another process at the end to review the final product by another third person, how any of this chain of operations there, nobody was like, ah, this might not be quite right. This could be read a different way. Mm -hmm. That is what is concerning me more than Wizards of the Coast is racist. They're not. They're they're very they're a very inclusive company. They have gone out of their way to appease 
any to fix any mistakes that they have made and to be as inclusive and uh, to everyone in the community as they possibly can. This process is great. I'm glad that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. What I think, what I find more concerning is how this happened to Spelljammers in the first place. People were pumped. They made it a big release. It was like a three-book box set. Mm-hmm. There were multiple announced uh, uh, related games, live stream games that were going to be played, mm-hmm. and multiple people talking about it on podcasts it and, was, and shows and reviews. Including us, and they didn't even pay us. No. Please, feel free. <laughs> feel free. But how... What I, and this is my conjecture here. We've talked about the ramping up of content being made from Wizards of the Coast. And we'll discuss this a little bit later when it comes to Magic the Gathering. But the amount of books that have been released in, for D&D 5th edition have been increasing in frequency mm-hmm. ever since the original release of the Core 3 rule books. And I think th- that's a trend that Hasbro is pushing Wizards of the Coast to do for all of their products. And it's clearly negatively affecting them. The books are getting shorter. The books are including more errors. There's more content in erratas released after the fact. And I feel like most of these problems and this situation would never have happened in the first place if Spelljammers were given a more reasonable amount of time to go through its production process. And it makes me worried for things that I'm genuinely excited about. I'm pumped for the Dragonlance release. Right. And I'm really concerned about it. I'm not going to lie. It is It is a very dark and war-torn setting. There's a lot of heavy themes There's that you can address themes. there, and I'm sure they will. And it's it's all about how they go about it. And considering that one has so much more related to it, including, you know, uh, the fact that it's a Dragonlance setting, so there's hundreds of books written about the setting Mm -hmm. there's a board game coming out with it plus an adventure module plus yes there is a lot um and this will really show us if if how how wizards i think this will be another good uh meter measuring stick of how wizards of the coast is doing yeah i'm i'm glad that they're changing their process and that they're going to try and ensure that this never happens again I am not convinced that, not necessarily that racist content will end up, but I'm convinced that there's going to be errors, um, incorrect writing. There's going to be more and more errors the more and more they want to release these books every year. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's my concern. Sam, next thing as well. Yes. <laughs> Oof, man. Just keeping the pain train going. <laughs> uh Double check, make sure this is the right one I'm reading. Yes, okay. Um, Hasbro's E1 U-turn. Hasbro's E1 U-turn. Hasbro, a couple years ago, 2019, acquired an indie film company called E1. uh, And now, three years later, they are selling it off. Yep. Yep. Um, So, recently has been announced that... uh, that, uh, that Hasbro is trying to sell off uh, their indie studio that is making uh, a number of TV shows um, related to their products and not. Uh, this includes the Dungeons & Dragons live-action TV show. 
the former CEO of Hasbro was very intent on uh, taking Hasbro from a toy company into a multimedia empire. Um, unfortunately, he died back in uh, 2021, uh, and his replacement, whose name last name is uh, his, his replacement, Christopher Cox, has changed their direction. Uh, no longer wanting to focus on anything that does not directly sell merchandise. Um, basically, uh, the split right now is very... We're very unsure of how the, the split would happen. Um, as uh, Hasbro still man plans to maintain its capability to develop and produce animation, digital shorts, scripted TV shows, and theatrical films for audiences related to uh, its core IPs, Transformers, Power Rangers, Peppa Pig, so on, Dungeons & Dragons. E1's team is deeply involved in Hasbro's IPs and through a slew of projects in development, including the live-action film of Transformers, Rise of Beasts, animated Transformers films, Play-Doh's, Play-Doh, the animated movies, Power Rangers film. Play-Doh. Play-Doh. The animated movie. Wouldn't, be, that'd be, wouldn't they make it that a claymation? <laughs> no, right? Uh, and Get Spielberg on it. <laughs> and TV series such as the Dungeons & Dragons scripted series, uh, as well as game shows and competition formats based on board games and toys. Guess who? Mousetrap, Monopoly. And then the two that really get me, and I think this is the most funny of all, Easy Bake Oven and Play-Doh competition game, or competition TV shows, unscripted. Jesus Christ. Maybe it's, maybe it's good they sold. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that uh, the assets for sale do not include e one of mo E1's most prized possessions, Peppa Pig, Hasbro has announced that they already have received multiple offers. That's not surprising. No. E1 is a very talented group of people. They have some pretty great indie filmmakers that have been working for them for since before Hasbro acquired them. Yep. Um, a, a, couple, a couple points of order here. Why are they selling off this production house before they release D uh, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves? Just see how that goes. Because it might be exceptionally profitable. So, we don't know how it's going to release yet. No, so it was noted that E1 actually only uh, was... Uh, they're one of the many studios making that movie. Uh, but yes, their main, their main um, aspects were in releases for Europe and Canada. Paramount is fully in America, I believe. Fair enough. But uh, even then, Canada and Europe are not small markets by any means. And the other thing, if for me, when it comes to the game companies wanting to go multimedia, Hasbro is a game company. Mm -hmm. They're games and toys. Toys, yep. Look at the other major game companies that are trying to go multimedia. They're really in the video game space. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. We have the Chris Pratt Mario coming up, which looks terrible. The Sonic movies that some people really like. I don't. I don't. I was gonna. I was gonna say I don't see it, but no, I just. I just don't. The Halo TV show with Microsoft was a flop and a half. People are very concerned. We're very concerned about Sony's Uncharted. I think it was fine. It was fun. It was, it was a fine. fun movie. It was fine. I have high hopes for The Last of Us on HBO. Spider-Man, obviously, it's a comic book thing, video game, whatever. But Sony is a movie company. Mm -hmm. 
they're, well, technically they're a TV electronics company that has a movie division. Yes. Microsoft has fuck you money and can do whatever they want. Nintendo maybe don't maybe don't make movies. We all we've all seen how the live action Super Mario Bros. went down. I mean, there was the old Super Mario Brothers cartoon that would also where they wasn't talk great. like this. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking. <laughs> I got <goo>. and <laughs> a lot of these companies are trying to branch out into multimedia for many reasons. Some more successful than others. I think yes. Sony is doing a better job than anyone else right now, which is not saying much. There was also the Tomb Raider movies, sure. Silent Hill. They were fine. I am surprised that Hasbro was willing to, obviously different leadership, but willing to go forward with it in 2019. And now in 2022, they are no longer willing to hold on to this responsibility. That's not, that's not even five years. No. Of, of owning E1. Obviously COVID had a major impact Obviously, oh, yeah. delaying in production, spending more money to keep things afloat. I, it, I'm sure it was a massive money sink. But why get rid of a company now before you've been able to realize its profit potential? Because if its profit potential is higher than you were expecting, particularly given the exceptional extra cost that you incurred from acquiring a company in 2019 yeah. <laughs> with COVID right around the corner. I was going to say, I think they paid like four, no, hold on. Because they're selling for $300 million. Yeah, and I think they paid a couple billion. Which, four, uh, they paid, in 2019, they acquisitioned uh, E1 for $4 billion. Jesus. They Christ. already sold off one of uh, E1's R, or, uh, uh, branches for $385 million. Okay. And they're trying to sell the... Last one, they're they're gonna keep the um, merchandise license the uh, yeah license merchandise related products. Yeah, I mean, Hasbro's a toy company and they want to focus on toys. I get that. Yeah, but just as a as a the value the value in having a company like you, they definitely overpaid for them. It was clear when like they were getting approached by other actual like studios. <laughs> I think, what, what was one of them, Lionsgate? Uh, yeah, Lionsgate, I believe. Uh, obviously, this E1 is competent in filmmaking. Definitely overpaid for it at four some odd billion dollars. Definitely overpaid. I, I would have been, I would have, I would have thought that a cool billion would have been overpaying, honestly. The fact that it hit that many, but neither here nor there. E1 talented waited out for another year or two. Obviously, Hasbro is bleeding money right now, as we'll oh, yeah. get to in this next story. But everyone's bleeding money right now because we're in the next... I don't care what the government's, what the American government says. We're in a recession. It's as clear as the day is long. I don't care what... what the, I don't care what, what, what Joe Byron up there is saying. We're in a recession. Hasbro's hurting largely because of their own faults but largely now because of the recession and they're trying to cut dead weight before it kills them i'm not entirely convinced e1 was the dead weight that needed to be cut what i think was the dead weight that should have been cut unless you have more to say 
I'm just going to cap off uh, the fact the, the Dungeons & Dragons TV show, what little we know about that, is that it is going forward despite the interruptions, and that Hasbro still wishes to work with E1 on this project. Which, obviously. And I, th- and I think E1 is also working on the D&D documentary that we talked about last episode. Possibly. And they've helped out with Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, and the like. But our last major story, mm-hmm. the last, the last instant, second to last instance of, <laughs> of Hasbro shooting themselves in the foot this episode. This has not been a good month for Hasbro. Um, a major Bank of America analyst made a report on Hasbro, and he says that magic that Hasbro, and he says that Hasbro is making quote. Too many Magic the Gathering cards, making the stock one of the worst performers in the S&P 500, as of the writing of that article. An oversupply of Hasbro Incorporated's Magic the Gathering cards is hurting the ecosystem for the fantasy trading card game, quote, destroying the long-term value of the brand, end quote, and threatening sales. Shares from Hasbro slid 9.2% during regular trading, putting the stock on pace for its biggest percentage decline since October 26th of 2020. Hasbro was Monday as a uh, last Monday. Yeah, last Monday from uh, when you will be listening to this live on Wednesday. The worst performer in the S&P 500. He goes on to discuss what is happening with specifically Magic the Gathering. And what we alluded to previously is a similar trend that we're seeing with Dungeons and Dragons. And that is overall overprinting, overmaking, and increasing the frequency of set releases. Overcommitment. And a massive overproduction of Magic the Gathering in devaluing the individual cards and product lines that they sell. It used to be not even a few short years ago that Magic the Gathering sets would have a core release and then three plain specific releases throughout the year. In this year alone, core releases, they're at like eight or nine right now. Mm -hmm. More than doubling in like two and a half years, the number of sets that are being released. Cards used to be released at a pace of non-reprints being about three to 5,000 new cards a year, which is a lot, to now like 12,000 plus a year. It's a lot. Not to mention the inclusion of, and he even mentions, as we talked about previously, the ridiculous 30th anniversary collection for $1,000 for four randomized packs of proxy cards that are not even legal to play in the game to the overproduction of secret layer drops, which was one, which was at one time just a fun, we were just randomly doing this for the first time ever. And now it's like every month there's a fucking secret layer drop mm-hmm. to the collector boosters, to shitty sets like the Innistrad double feature, which is not new art. The, the whole thing, we're, we're taking the best things of Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow and putting them together in a set and cherry picking so that it plays well together. And we're giving them new art in this black and white style. It's not what it was. They just took the cards from the set. Mm -hmm. They put them together. They put a black and white filter over them. No, No mind was given to balancing the two sets and cherry picking which cards so that they played well together in a draft setting. 
and not even to get into all of the sets now come with two commander decks. Two to four, yeah. Two to four. Two to four. The, the yearly four, and then every set has at least two now. And commander decks went from being 20 to $25 to now being upwards of $50 on release. The price is going up a lot. The frequency with which they are releasing products is going up a lot. Mm-hmm. The amount of expensive collector exclusive products is going up in frequency. Mm-hmm. And as such, the value of reprints, the value of new individual cards is going down on the secondary market. Which is making people not want to buy Magic the Gathering cards and going instead to Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Because those trading card games are taking much better care of the pool of cards that they're releasing every year so that they don't tank in value. Because whether you want to believe it or not, there are a lot of people that buy these cards and don't really play the game all that much. Mm -hmm. There are massive content creators that buy many, many, many boxes of Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and they crack packs on live streams, and they make shorts out of their best pulls, and they do all this stuff, and they are collecting and sending them off to PSA and Beckett to get graded and and like creating a collection of expensive cards. And it's more and more difficult to do that in Magic the Gathering because of how much they're releasing. And... Not only, and I kind of alluded to this, but not only are they releasing more sets and more products, but they are printing more of those sets. Mm-hmm. So this is a bad example, but if say, and this is in no way <laughs> a correlation or like, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass right now, but it's like in 2013, when I first learned to play Magic the Gathering, when Theros, the original Theros was released, let's say they made 10,000 booster boxes. Of Theros. Nowadays, with Theros Beyond Death, they're making like 30,000 boxes. But the demand has only increased. Like, we really only need like 17,000. But we're making 30. Mm-hmm. You'll buy 30. So they're overproducing. They're creating more product lines that are in and of themselves being overproduced. They are manufacturing bad product lines that people don't like. And then as such, the value of their cards generally are going down. Mm-hmm. Especially given leaving this COVID world that we were so used to where all of these collections and hobbies were skyrocketing in price. Old video games. Oh, yeah. Still on somewhat on an upward trend and finally starting to come back down to a normal level. But a lot of this production seems like it was ramped up in reaction to COVID spending. That is no longer going to be happening because people aren't trapped at home anymore. No, there's been huge reports on... All throughout this year, talking about the uh, the revenge spending that happened, or of course the the boredom spending that happened in 2020, the revenge spending that happened in 2021, and now everybody's saying, yeah, it's on the decline, partially because people are now paying more for bananas when they go to the grocery store. Yeah, and companies need to see that and respond in kind. But Hasbro. As we've seen multiple times, and if you go listen back to the past couple podcasts, we've mentioned this plenty, Hasbro has announced that they are planning to try to grow their profits of 50% in the next three years, whereas six years ago, or no, three years ago, they said they wanted to grow it 50% in five years, but they did it in three years. Yeah. And now they're trying to do it again, and this is their method. Exponential growth does not last Business is not a math equation where it can just continue growing exponentially forever. A business will not grow forever. Amazon 
as big and massive as it grew, it has leveled off. It's still growing, but it's not growing from Jeff Bezos in his fucking garage mailing out books to every state having multiple Amazon warehouse shipping factories, Mm -hmm. you know? Wizards of the Coast wants, and Hasbro want to increase their profits, as any company does. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what a business is meant to do. It's what, it is what they're supposed to do, and that's how our society works and how we can get these products in the first place. That is not lost on me. What is lost on me is how they think they can just make more and make worse and do more. Just We're going to do more, we're going to make more, and they're going to be shittier. And you're just going to keep on buying them. It's disrespectful. The 30th anniversary, that product is the most disrespectful thing they probably could have done. Even if they wanted to make it like this really expensive premium product and it's like every game, every LGS that partners with us gets one. And then if you're one of our like hyper ones, you get three and we don't want you to sell them. We want you to give a pack away. That would be awesome, but that's not what they did. Nope. They're selling four booster packs for $1,000, and even if you wanted one, you probably can't get one. And then D&D, they're releasing a Spelljammer three-pack and a Dragonlance and a freaking Wild Beyond the Witchlight and like a million different books every year. We already know that the next big D&D thing is on the horizon, and they already have more 5th edition D&D content in the next year. Mm-hmm. Multiple releases. They're not ramping down production. They're not giving themselves more time to put into 1D&D and into future 1D&D compatible things. They're continuing to produce at the same, if not more, rate for 5th edition, leading into a release that, yes, will be backwards compatible. But at the cost of what 1D&D might be able to be. I would rather them not release anything after Dragonlance, if I'm completely honest with you. Just give it cause give it the, the next year for them to work specifically on one D&D. Make your one D&D releases. If you want to release like a like a, a final farewell book for fifth edition, like a for, like a Forgotten Realms goodbye or a, a last like collection of adventures or something. I'm totally fine with that. But we don't need four or five more releases next year knowing that 1D&D is coming out in 2024. Mm-hmm. Hasbro wants money. And they're choosing to go about it by getting rid of diversity, diversification, I should say. Getting rid of diversification by axing their production house that they just bought and took a massive loss on by selling yeah. right now. A massive loss. I want $4 billion, and they might get a billion back from selling it a couple years later. They took a massive loss on that. They're taking a massive loss because they're overproducing. They're taking a massive loss from the recession. They're taking a massive loss because the number of people working for them has to be growing for them to keep up with the amount of production that they have, which means their overhead is more, which means they have to sell even more just to break even. This is why all these tech companies are having massive layoffs right now because they're bloated. That's what Elon Musk is doing to Twitter right now. Maybe not as elegant. (laughs) He's going at it with a hatchet instead of a scalpel. Right. 
But there's a reason that all of these companies are having massive layoffs is because they've grown way too big. Why did Twitter need 40,000 employees? Why, is, why are there more than 1,000 people working at Twitter? Why are there more than 5,000 people working at Meta? You know? Google's got the same problems, and it, it's everywhere. And I'm sure Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have a massive employee base that is not sustainable. And I don't want anyone to lose their job. But if Hasbro actually wants to succeed, they need to calm the fuck down, stop releasing as many products, and probably lay a lot of people off. I don't want people to lose their jobs, but that's the reality of it. They need to go over, they need to do quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. Make sure they're getting the best people they have working on it. And like, I don't know, listen to the community a little bit. Well, anyway, now that we're done with the dire thing, Sam, we're making a D&D monopoly. Yeah, D&D's <laughs> been monopolized. Well, no, not in that way. It's been turned into the game, the board game Monopoly, which is another Hasbro property. So we're surprised <laughs> it took this long. Uh, the, the description for this game is, Heed the call of, to capture monsters from across the Forgotten Realms in Monopoly, Dungeons & Dragons. Buy, sell, and trade traditional and modern, iconic, and deadly monsters like the Beholder, Storm Giant, and infamous Demigorgon to nerf the competition. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a D&D Monopoly. Can't wait to put a hotel on a beholder <laughs> that'd be really great i look forward to that now if i were to play monopoly would i be playing would i be playing monopoly i love monopoly of course i hate monopoly and that's why we don't play it exactly but we have lord of the rings monopoly available to us at a moment's notice would i purchase it's it's in the chest okay, oh. because we don't play monopoly well, we could still just play it we could that's where all the pewter minis came from okay that's right uh but the i'm not getting this <laughs> Obviously, they're just leveraging their own properties and making another release because people are always going to buy Monopoly. I really wish, though, they had changed. I, I get it. It's it, There is an iconic art for Monopoly, but they still just have go to jail with the old-fashioned police officer pointing at, you know, yep. and there's just the dude in jail and free parking is free park. And yeah, anyway... Basically, they always the corners I, for like every branded set, the corners always stay the same, but the roads, as they are called, I believe, change, including the railroads. And I think utilities stay the same. Are the utilities the same? Treasure. Oh, the utilities are different then. Oh, and encounters. Well, those are the that's the um. Oh, that's the community chest and yeah that so there's the two utilities that were like the water and the electric companies i think one of them's in the light purple i've played a little bit of i've played a little bit of monopoly in case you're unaware i can't tell from this uh from this image anyway anyway generally those are the ones that stay the same and then they change for the setting that they're aping basically but yeah if you're into monopoly and into D, then there you go there's your dream product hey remember how we said we were done with the one last things. negative thing. One last thing. <laughs> One last negative thing. We've been aping on the 30th anniversary Magic the Gathering proxies for $1,000. Well, in a cruel twist of fate, why would we pay $1,000 for proxies? Where are you going to fucking make your proxies now, bitch? One of the biggest online creators 
uh, online websites that allowed you to create custom proxies for Magic the Gathering or just print out your own proxies of existing cards. Cardconjurer.com on November 3rd received a cease and desist. And as of November 18th, they've shut down the website and is currently, if you go to cardconjurer.com, it is basically just an explanation of how they received a cease and desist and will no longer be able to operate Card Conjurer as it once was. One of the more popular proxy websites, and I believe that the similar cease and desist has been served to other Mm -hmm. Magic the Gathering card proxy websites as well, which is a travesty. Obviously, anybody can take a picture of a fucking card and print out their own copy. People printing out proxies is not cutting into your sales. People that are proxying cards are proxying cards that are being sold on the secondary market. Yeah, no one's proxying your fucking one cent thing that common that dropped in your most recent drop. They're they're proxying your $600 card that hasn't been printed since 1999. Now, obviously, are people going to be proxying like the meld cards from Brothers War? Probably some. Sure. But those cards are also not $700, No. People are doing that for their, like, Mox Amber and Black Lotus. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that for Urza and Mishra and Brothers War. And there will be people that will, I know. Again, it's just Wizards of the Coast seems to, this month specifically, just a lot of fuck the fans, fuck the customers, we're locking our shit down. It's like, fans and customers aren't the problem. <laughs> fans and the customers are not your problem right now. And what also sucks is, if somebody really wanted these cards that they didn't want to pay for, or they wanted to pay less for, you don't have to go and get a fancy printed copy of it. You can just take a deck of playing cards that cost you a dollar at Walmart, fucking go in with five different colors of Sharpie and write out what you want and be like, hey, buddy, is it all right with <laughs> play with my ace of spades that represents a soul ring? And your buddy will be like, if you yeah. prox, if you proxy a soul ring, like drink, like touch some grass, please. <laughs> but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, like this is not stopping anything from anybody. That, though, is the news for this episode of the podcast. A nice, a nice girthy news cycle for us very sad (laughs) very very dire i apologize but hopefully our video game draft at the beginning was quite happy for you yeah hopefully hopefully but now we will take questions comments concerns thoughts and ideas from both the tiktok live chat as well as our discord server but let me first do our spiel if you go to the link tree in our bio of any of our social media including our tiktok where now thirty thousand people follow us yay thank you jazz hands a, a, ooh, spirit fingers. Thirty thousand people now follow us on TikTok, which is awesome. That's cool. Another great milestone. Uh, happened kind of unexpectedly. We were at twenty-eight, and then we released a video, and suddenly we were at like thirty point yeah. some on. So that was cool. But you can follow us on the TikTok. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, where we've been releasing some more videos. I've got a couple of videos that I've been working on filming and uh, have not started editing them yet, sadly. But we've got more YouTube content. Uh, during the Christmas season, when we both have a lot of more time off work, I imagine, we'll probably be getting our getting heads down doing some more work on that we stuff. We really should. We really should. I would like to start the year with a solid collection of videos. 
try to make them weekly. That'd be fun. But you can subscribe to us over on our YouTube link in the link tree in the bio. You can also follow us on the Instagram that Sam runs. We post the polls for the draft there as well as occasional BTS and other pictures of the like. We haven't posted any pictures no, we recently. Haven't had much, we haven't been doing too much recently. Here. We'll probably take several pictures tonight from Crack and Packs. Cracking pre-release kits, all that kind of stuff. Fighting each other with our fists. Sucking each other off a little no, bit. Not that Pro- one. We can't post that on Instagram. Uh, yeah, you can. There's like basically nudity on Instagram, right? We'd have to go to Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The link is not in the link tree because we don't really ever use it. Sorry. Sorry, Norb of Fell the Web. <laughs> He's a big Twitter user and a creator as well that we have personal friends with. Um, <laughs> you can also go to our drive through RPG where we release monthly free homebrew. And we also have our $4.99 Blood Magic and Hemocraft supplement available there. There was a recent discount around Halloween. You can also get a discount if you join our Discord server. Invite link is in the bio. Nearly 300 people are in the server at this point. Activity in the server is not great, but getting better, I feel. And if you want to have your questions, comments, concerns, thought, and or idea read upon this great program, not this fine program. This okay program. This okay program. You can ask us in the podcast questions channel of the Discord where this week nobody asked anything. I did have someone... I, I asked in the general tab what people thought of the one D&D not having the open gaming license before we started recording. And uh, one of our newest entries said, I have no idea what that is. Fair enough. A lot of people don't know what the OGL is because a lot of people don't make third-party homebrew content and release it online. And that's fine. That's totally fine. More for us. More for us to make. But, as always, we will turn to the TikTok live chat. Okay. R-T-U-O-G-U-N-G says, do you play D&D? Yes. Uh, from time to time. We're going to ignore that because that's just sassy. <laughs> uh, no, sassy. Let's see it. Oh, it's just somebody popped in and said, hiya. Hi. What are you doing? Okay, bye. <laughs> we were in the middle of sp- speaking. Okay, bye. Uh, Ryan Nizzle Ryan asks, Nizzle. What, what does a liar do when he dies? I don't know. A liar as in L-Y-R-E? No, or L-I-A-R. L-I-A-R. I don't know what a liar does when they die. I don't either. They didn't answer it. They just asked us. Oh. Um, so when a liar dies, we're going to say that uh, uh, nothing. When a liar dies, a police officer gets their wings. Mm. Or Josh Peck gets more wings. Because <laughs> he's not calling us a truther. He may, he may not be calling us a liar, but he ain't calling us a truther. Or, uh, ooh, when a liar dies, what's his name? Joey Nut? Joey Walnut? The guy who eats the uh, hot dogs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. <laughs> when Joey, when a liar dies, Joey, Joey Chestnut Walnut. eats the, <laughs> I was close. Joey Chestnut eats another hot dog. Very nice. And then Jake from State Farm asks, how does this impact Kanye's legacy? Oh, God. Do we even want to start with Kanye right now? Yeezy. Yeah. Man. He uh, used to he used to be fun. <laughs> even even when he was like, I'm a Trump supporter now. It was like, oh Kanye. <laughs> you're just being goofy. Oh, you hate Jewish people. <sighs> Maybe there's a reason your wife left you for fucking Pete Davidson. Man. That was a lot of people thought that was a downgrade. I thought that was a downgrade. 
Now it just feels like anything would be an upgrade, to be quite frank. Hey, Pete Davidson, still weird choice. Still weird, still weird choice. Even on the SNL cast, I would have gone with um, uh, Keenan. Mm. Of mm. Keenan and Cal fame from Nickelodeon. Yes. Good Burger. Mm-hmm. And the like. Well, that's all we got from the TikTok. Chat. That is all we have that for the TikTok. Interestingly enough, I, I don't think this went as long. Yeah, this only went about a, an hour 15. An hour 12 right now. All right, well. It's in some change, obviously. So I'm I'm kind of impressed. We had a lot of we had a lot to talk about. We got through it pretty quickly. We did I like that. Yeah. We like to be respectful of your time. Yes. We also have some interviews. We have interviews. We want to do more interviews. We should. We get have back things. On those. We have a couple of things in the works. One more concrete than the others. Whenever the next one D and D release drops, we want to get our good friend uh, Fel the Leb. Norb, Norb up on the podcast to discuss. Uh, he's a very prolific. Well, not a prolific. He makes YouTube. <laughs> he's more prolific than us on YouTube. And we would love to talk to him. He's got great uh, videos about the philosophy of D&D and, I- and more grand ideas and as well as many good mechanical things uh, to discuss. And he would be a great person to bring on whenever a one D&D drop happens. Love to have him. So we'll be doing that. We've also got some other TikTok creators in the chamber we just need to schedule, <laughs> as we often do. Hmm. And obviously, if you are a creator, friend of ours, or just a creator, and we follow you, okay. or you follow us, try to get us to follow you if we don't follow you. Punch us in the face. Please do. And we just want to wanna talk to more people. And, you know, holiday season, not the best time to get people on free time, but also more time off from work, so you never know. We'll try. Real quick. Yes. Amy Powell jumped in the chat. Amy Powell 410 says, so would you play the new Pokemon game? No. 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 I have not played any Pokemon game. I played every game uh, one through of Generations 1 through 3. I played Diamond in Generation 4. I never finished it because I didn't like it. Didn't play Generation 5. Played X in Generation 6. Played Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire in Generation 6 as well, and then I stopped playing again. And it seems like ever since then, the releases of Pokemon games have been not very good. Hmm. Especially this uh, Scarlet and Violet. Very ambitious with the game design, making it more open world and stuff, but uh, seemingly a glitchy, unplayable mess. So... Turned your switch into a potato, I've heard. Remember to not be an early adopter. <laughs> remember, remember potatoes. Here's the thing. There, this is a sidebar. This is, I'm going to go on a little rant here, if All that's right. okay with you. I'll back off. With video games. Stop pre-ordering games. Video games nowadays, the day one patches, the glitchy mess that say Cyberpunk 2077 is, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the number of games that come out and are fucking broken are not, the the numbers are going up. It's not good. It's not good. And the only way that you can really stop that is stop paying for them, wait until they come out, see what happens, and then wait for them to be fixed. Because by the time they're fixed, they're usually discounted, so they're not making as much money. Will I be pre-ordering the next Kingdom Hearts game? Absolutely, I will. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. Sight unseen. Draw your lines where you may. They're basically the, them and Kingdom Hearts games and Persona games are pretty much the only games that I'm going to be pre-ordering. That's kind of it. The, the only exception I would make is if game reviews come out and it's like, oh yeah, they're fine. 
and then I pre-order like the day before so I can preload it if I buy it digitally. That would be the only reason to do that in my mind. Gotcha. Stop pre-ordering stuff. Anyway, with that being said, this what is ostensibly a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't even I can't even speak that properly. What was ostensibly a Dungeons & Dragons podcast is now come to a close, as it often does. Yeah. Every week. So, we love you very much. 